listening to Partners in Change with Bree Dodd and Christian Dawson. Hi, Partners in Change fam. Guest co-host Elizabeth Klukart here, stepping in for Bree Dodd. The opportunity to interview today's guest, Meg Pride, is like worlds colliding for me. If you're a regular listener, you heard about my first interaction with Shannon Siriano Greenwood in 2018 at Startup Virginia. I happened to also connect with Meg through another networking event at Startup Virginia. You guessed it, back in 2018. Honestly, if you're looking to network in Richmond, check out their programming right away. During this episode, we get to hear more about Meg's passion for customer transparency as it applies to consumer packaged goods and how that formed her technology startup, Brandify, which focuses on providing customer transparency for products within the beauty industry. She shares her journey of local accelerator programs and how she navigated a complete shift in her business over the course of a few years. I cannot wait for you to hear more. So here's Meg Pride, the founder of Brandify. Thanks for joining us again at Partners in Change. This is Christian Dawson. I'm here with Elizabeth Lucard. Uh, and uh, we are super excited to have a great conversation uh, today um, with Meg Pride of Brandify. And so I can't wait to hear her uh, story, a, a, a champion of, uh, of uh, local startups and a uh, startup owner. I can't wait to hear about her, her journey. Um, if you haven't been to Partners in Change before, this is a space where we like to talk to people who are driving change in the local Richmond area. Uh, we love Richmond and we love finding out how Richmond continues to grow and thrive by talking to the people that are helping make that happen. Uh, Elizabeth, you brought us Meg today. Tell I us did. a little bit about your um, your experience work, uh, working with Meg. Yeah, absolutely. I The infamous April Palmer connected us back in 2018. <laughs> I had met her at a networking event at Startup Virginia and I was looking for a job. And I connected with you, Meg, and ended up helping your operations team for a little while at a point where, you know, it must seem like centuries ago in some ways to where you are today. So I am really excited to share your story and kind of the journey from my experience with you all back in 2018 to where you are today. I can't believe it was that long ago. <laughs> well, we, we had sort of a lost year in there, right? And and that's one of the things we'd like to explore is what, how, how would that affect a startup and all the trajectories that you have. But let's start by going back. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, what Brandify is and where the idea came from to, to start it in the first place? Absolutely. Yes. So my background was actually in consumer packaged goods, and we, we would make things like infant formula, generic Advil, all the different items. And often we would package the exact same products into two different containers, slap different labels on them, and then sell one for $40 and one for $10. And, you know, as a young, uh, just out of college grad, I was shocked and appalled that that was happening. So I kind of became obsessed with consumer transparency and really, you know, oh, that's fantastic. really wanted to change, uh, kind of how that marketing engine worked, give consumers more, more insights into how it worked. That's amazing. I mean, that, that's, uh, that what sounds like uh, a space that is ripe to be disrupted. Yes. How did you go about that? 
Um, so I ended up going back to, well, I ended up interning for a tech startup here in Richmond. And that was the best experience I could have ever had. I was the like fifth higher there. I was the intern. So I did everything from, you know, editing HTML code to um, going to get, you know, coffee for the developers and just had the best time at learning how to actually launch a mobile, mobile platform. And that was when I really realized that, you know, the problem I was so obsessed with could be solved by using community and technology. So I ended up going to business school and launching a mobile app while I was in business school based on my experience. That's amazing. Yeah. And so what's the basic function of the, uh, of the mobile app that you built? So at the time, and it's still largely the same, it was to help consumers figure out if there was a less expensive alternative because of that problem I was obsessed with where it's like, you know, people are paying $40 when they could get the same thing for 10. Um, and it spanned all categories. And that really is largely the principle today, but we principle activity you can do in the app today, but we've honed in on the beauty space. So that was a really oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when I was kind of working with you all, we were photographing <laughs> products from Aldi yes. and focused on different grocery items across the board and also do, like dabbling in the beauty space a little bit, <laughs> like CVS and CVS branded yeah. um, items, but it, it's such a so amazing to see the progress that you guys have made and kind of the total shift. I mean, talk about changing gears. You guys completely shifted. It was in crazy. A short span of time. <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah, it, it did happen pretty quickly, but it's paid dividends. So we, we hit a quarter of a million followers on Instagram last week. Wow. And thank you. And we were playing a game like, who has more followers here in, in Richmond. And I just, I feel like we never would have gotten there had we continued on the route that we were working down. So the route you were working down was looking for technological so, uh, ways to solve the problem that you were focused on. And you saw that of the big problem, there was a, um, there was a, a real need to focus on what's happening in the uh, skincare industry. Is that what's, what's going on here? That's exactly right. And I think it's specifically because, um, you know, there's a lack of transparency across all consumer packaged goods industries, but especially in the beauty space, the margins are insane. Um, consumers don't really know what are in the products. And I yeah. think that's what was really driving that like specific attention to that category. God, no, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, because it is very hard to change that big a problem when the scope is so large as to like, oh, it's everything. It's all consumer goods. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and I was like, I'm thinking back, you, you have to be like, wow, I was so naive. <laughs> but I mean, it led us to where we are now. And I got to meet Elizabeth through it. So that counts for something. Because back then you guys were in the accelerator program, Lighthouse Labs. Yes. And that was pretty important. And so you, you also tried out a couple of other accelerator programs because we're, didn't you then following the Lighthouse Labs, you guys moved on to a different one. Yeah, it was crazy. We, so Lighthouse Labs is a phenomenal accelerator program. There's a couple of key programs here in Richmond. Lighthouse Lab is, is one of them. Startup Virginia is another. Um, and we're still actually located in that space, in the 1717 Startup Virginia space, right next to Lighthouse Labs. 
Um, and the day that we were giving our final pitch was a day that I had to actually be in Cincinnati interviewing at a um, big accelerator program there that is like they invest $100,000. So it was a little bit more of a, an investment than um, Lighthouse Labs. And Lighthouse Labs was the perfect uh, stepping stone for us. That's wonderful. To get into that program. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, actually, that, that, let's, let's hang on that because that's, that's Richmond-based. And you have decided, as you have basically found your path forward and the way in which you can uh, you can get the visibility and the and the resources that you need in, um, in order to to chase solving the problem in the skincare area, you're you're here in Richmond. You set up you 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 set up your space here. Um, why here? I love Richmond. I think there's an interesting like consumer packaged goods angle to Richmond, just with um, all of the food companies, but it also has a tech hub here that's growing. And that's largely driven by um, engineering schools that are not too far away from here. So I'm a Wahoo, but I'm also a really big fan of uh, Virginia Tech and their engineering program. Um, so you get a lot of Hokies, engineering Hokies coming to the area pulled largely by the big companies, but some of us smaller companies can scoop scoop those um, smart engineers up. So I think it's only going to get better from a tech perspective. Especially if organizations like yours, you know, keep on, keep on growing here, choosing to grow here, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've made the big pivot. You have decided that you're you're going to focus on trying to take the big problem, and you're going to take a, 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 a significant chunk of it, and you're going to make a significant difference. What does that pivot look like now? Because we talked we talked about the app and what it was doing, and that it largely exists as it is now. But now you're tackling skincare. Yeah, um, it looks way more disruptive than I had ever planned um, because there's a lot of big beauty companies that would love for things to to stay exactly as they are. Um, and what we did is we launched our own skincare line based on the data from the mobile app. So we were getting all these requests where consumers saying, I want an affordable alternative to this $130 cream, but that affordable alternative didn't exist. So I partnered, my team and I partnered with chemists from around, um, the United States to actually launch, create, develop, launch, manufacture these products. And now we have them sitting in a warehouse um, across the street from 1717. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, um, did a little bit of a look into the kind of um, consumer transparency stuff that, that, you're fo that you focus on. Um, and what I found really interesting is, uh, you know, people who don't really understand the segment, they seem to, uh, they, they worry most about um, quality, right? And they think, oh, well, a big brand must mean better quality. What have you found? Is, is there truth to that? I mean, there's certainly truth to working with well-established manufacturers, mm -hmm. um, but they're, you know, Estee Lauder is using the same suppliers that we are. Yeah. Um, so, so long as you're working with a, a legitimate manufacturer of which there are many amazing skincare manufacturers in the United States. Um, that's, I think, 
like you don't want somebody mixing something in their garage. <laughs> but other than that, you're pretty pretty safe. But I, to be honest, I have definitely had um, you know homemade soaps gifted to me that then you know gave me a rash all over my skin. And so for for people that do have sensitive skin and being able to have that transparency and the visibility into what a product actually is made of, um, having that comparison within your guys's app and being able to have the direct comparison there is so important. And what I find really interesting is I, it, it sometimes is literally the exact same stuff, mm -hmm. like private label, but the same stuff. In the private label space, that happens all the time yeah. because it's more efficient yeah. to actually just like run more of the same formula without, you know, switching over the line in between. Um, that's not what that's not what we do. We actually have created our own products, but it does happen all the time. And I think one of the legs up besides the logo, which obviously some people are willing to pay for, you know, there's a yeah, the of consumer course. data is the other thing that the big brands have the advantage over. And I think it's really cool that you have all this consumer data from from uh, from your app that allows you to, to counter that and it, to really challenge the big brand. It is. It's a really specific data set that, um, you know, someone at L'Oreal might not have access to. Um, and it's allowed us to really identify where those gaps are and launch products based on where we think those gaps are versus just, you know, the, the way a lot of product development happens still to this day, especially in beauty, is the product developers are like, oh, I like this or, you know, it, it's interesting to see that. So do you feel like the incumbents in this space are, uh, are feeling the heat? Are they threatened by you yet? I think we're still so small. So like, while I'm so proud of our quarter of a million Instagram followers, we're still really small to them. Um, and I think that's our biggest advantage. One of my favorite professors from UVA will say, you know, you're a nobody with nothing and that is your greatest gift. And I feel like we're still riding that little like disruptive oh, little tiny startup. That's so cool. <laughs> But you, you also have like partnerships with influencers and are getting more well-known in the space and getting some major traction. Yes. So we, one of the things I am just pumped about is we launched partnerships with dermatologists and these are like influencer dermatologists and it's opened up a whole plethora of opportunities to educate our community and really turn, um, you know, our relationships with dermatologists into an area of expertise or into a strength for our company. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and we just have great relationships with a lot of other influencers in, in the space. Do you think that as your, as your success in skincare uh, grows, that, you know, going back to sort of that naive person who wanted to sort of tackle it all, that you'll, that'll, that'll step in and you'll want to, you'll want to approach other segments of the industry? I, I am, I think, always going to be really passionate about consumer transparency and solving some of those problems. But I think that there, I think that our path led us to beauty for a reason, and we're going to sit in this space for a long time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, from the days of like doing the testing yourself. Yes. <laughs> back in 2018, for some of those products. Uh, tests, whether it was like, you know, Fiore nose whatever we were oh doing, God. you guys have, have definitely grown in that sense as well. 
Yeah. So it's user-generated content, but our team still layers on top like ingredient analysis and whether or not something's cruelty-free, which I personally really care about. And I think there's a lot of things we still can do, like how truly sustainable is this packaging? Because I think it's one of the things a lot of beauty companies are paying lip service and it'd be really cool to be able to have someone independent evaluate um, their success mm-hmm. or lack thereof. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you know, incubator programming in Richmond and exploring incubators in other areas. Uh, is, are there, are there steps to growth there that you continue to pursue? Like with continued, uh, like funding to, con- to continue to articulate your vision? Yes. So we have raised um, $2.5 million to date. And a large, a vast majority of that is probably from the Virginia area and definitely from the Richmond area specifically. And uh, Startup Virginia certainly helped us with that process. Um, And I think that we'll continue the kind of company that we're building is one that probably would require a an additional capital raise and we would do that here in Richmond. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Love to see that, that, uh, commitment to this space. And like with the startup Virginia and like being in that space, do you guys engage with like other members or like mentorship programs? I'm sure Lighthouse Labs is probably tapping into the experience that you guys had, the success that you've had, uh, for new cohorts within the program. Oh, yes. And I still rely on Lighthouse Labs and Startup Virginia all the time. I'm coming from lunch with another founder. Um, We often will pop into each other's offices, whether or not it's just to like work through a specific problem or to vent or (laughs) anything related to being a startup founder. It's really helpful to have. I think your founder network it's probably your most valuable founder and mentor network would be your most valuable resources. And you still engage with those mentors that you guys had access to through, through the program. Maybe even more so now. Um, so I have one mentor that I talk to at least an hour every week and um, he's been invaluable with just, I think it helps with self-awareness. It helps with um, un- working through problems that, you know, I haven't had the experience working through before to have somebody kind of to bounce ideas off of and point out kind of what you might be missing is helpful. I'm sort of interested in exploring, um, you know, if, if we have listeners that are new to the idea of um, sort of exploring the transparency around the goods that they have, be it skincare or other things, you know, if you have recommendations on where they should start. Well, absolutely the brand of iApp. <laughs> it's related to skincare. <laughs> yes. We're on Android finally <laughs> too. Oh, wow. um, I think so EWG is the environmental working group. It's a nonprofit that will help you understand the ingredients in your products. Um, often you can learn a lot. Like I've gotten to the point where I've like called a you can call big retailers and be like, where was this made? And you can understand different things about, about your products that way as well. Um, consumer reports is always, always a good one, but very limited, I guess, in what they review. Sure. Sure. Well, I think that, you know, 
I think that, you know, going ahead and, and downloading your app is a good answer. To that. <laughs> There's so much information on there. And again, like seeing the, the growth and the change in the app, the, I find myself very regularly, um, when I'm in Sephora, like standing in Sephora, going to your app and checking and making sure that like, maybe there's an alternative to this. Maybe I can find something else instead of, like you said, the, the price tag of some of these products. Is there an alternative? And I, back in 2018, I was doing that with Aldi products. <laughs> or the ones that we were yes. testing, you know, graham crackers for Aldi or, you know, name brand, uh, honey made graham crackers. <laughs> Uh, kind of makes me want a graham cracker, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the pop tarts, the brown sugar pop tarts from Aldi, were actually not the Aldi brand. We're not that far off. Really, it was one of the tests that we did where we were all really surprised. So I read an article, and I, I I don't know uh, if I could re refine it, uh, but they were they were talking about how when they did consumer testing of store brands versus uh, versus big brands that either people couldn't tell the difference or they liked the store brands more. And then they asked chefs, which they preferred. No. And chefs preferred the store brands. Wow. Uh, that's true there. Then I'm sure in an area where there's so much price inflation like skincare. Yeah. Wow. What, a, what an area ripe for innovation. It really is. Um, that is such a fun, fun study. I do miss doing the like store brand to or Kirkland Signature to like fancy champagne brands comparisons. Mm -hmm. That is certainly something I miss from from those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I thought of that because um, you know people often preferred the Kirkland Signature champagne to the Vouv. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they don't have that data, and you have that data. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, yes, and sadly, they'll uh, you know they're limited to skincare, but I think that's that's certainly paid off. And I, I have to say, I recently purchased the Skin Call, the product that you guys have put out. Yay! Oh, that makes me so happy. We've gotten such good feedback on the formula. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you are glowing, so. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to you. <laughs> um, well, before uh, before we we jump into our uh, uh, big final question, as our as our time winds down together today, um, I'm interested in uh, I'm interested in having you tell our listeners a little bit more about how they can find out more about what you do. We talked a little bit about the Brand Fire app. I assume you can get that in any uh, app app store and it's spelled b-r-a-n-d-e-f-y is that right nailed it yes nice. yes where else can they find out information about you and what you do so you can join our instagram following as well um twitter follow us on linkedin and um we will just con apparently now this podcast which i love so <laughs> is that by the same name brandify spelled that way on, in on, on instagram and twitter yeah okay. yeah um and how about the skincare products? So that is under our brand Skin Call, Skin Call by Brandify. And you can look at skincallco.com um, and see. We just launched a moisturizer that is, I literally I was talking to our manufacturer this morning and they wanted to share with us that the chemist told us it's her favorite product she's ever formulated. And this chemist has formulated, you know, probably close to a thousand products. So. Wow. That's incredible. Oh, cool. 
I did want to go back real quick. Yeah, go for it. And and kind of talk about COVID and like this last year and a half plus now, because um, you guys are having a a an app. You guys are ideally not as affected by some of the transitions that a lot of companies had to go through. Um, did was there anything specifically in the last year that that definitely had had you pivoting again? Yes. So we, it was interesting. The team got split up internationally even. So we were working on different time zones. Um, and that was very challenging, but having a mobile app was phenomenal. Um, and we saw one of the interesting things is obviously searches for makeup or color cosmetic products went way down and skincare skyrocketed Mm -hmm. and we saw that change maybe about six or seven months ago interesting yeah because people are staying home they want to take care of their skin but they don't need to go out right (laughs) it became this self-care really truly like a routine way to invest in yourself which Mm -hmm. was kind of cool yeah if i'm I'm wearing a mask i also don't need lipstick anymore yeah yeah sure Mm -hmm. um it'll be interesting to see how that changes as as we step into the new normal continue to step in i I don't know maybe maybe we'll still have that sort of self-care focus as a as as a first but you know we could end up having a little bit of lipstick come back in over time i think we we are already seeing a a resurgence in the amount of color cosmetics that consumers are looking for that's great so maybe maybe things are getting back to somewhat normal we'll see (laughs) well um impressive very impressive in fact I, i've been impressed by all the things that you have uh, been been doing and we are happy that you're doing them here in richmond so real real uh uh weird final question that we like to ask all of our guests <laughs> okay um, you've died oh have i now <laughs> yes you died <laughs> sorry to be t- sorry for you <laughs> we probably should have started with that <laughs> uh but unfortunately you have you have died and we are going to give you the opportunity to haunt anywhere in Richmond that you want um, for the end for the rest of eternity. Okay. <laughs> Where would you haunt? <laughs> that is quite a question, but I think I have figured it out. Um, I would pick uh, like doggy daycare or the Richmond Animal Shelter oh. because they do such a good job of finding um, all their animals homes and um marketing at all so i feel like at least i'd be either way i'd be playing with dogs which is probably what i want to do in my afterlife anyway <laughs> i love it so much so cool um thank you guys so much for having me thank you so much for for joining us meg it has been incredible to kind of revisit where you guys are i've been watching from a distance um and and just so amazed with everything that you've accomplished in such a short period of time Oh, thank you so much. It's been it's been fun to catch up. The pleasure has been ours. Um, thanks for your time on uh, Partners in Change. That's it for this week's episode of Partners in Change. A big shout out to our friends at Common House for providing us a space to bring this podcast to life. To Sonny Washburn for the killer music and to Adam Clark for the rad cover. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time, Richmond. This podcast has been brought to you by Open Eye. They are your partners in change.